Hi everyone, today is December 2nd, 2017, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. And I'm Deck Tech. And it's been a pretty relaxing week, actually. Uh, we started the new season in December, new rewards, new card box, actually, last week, uh, late last week, and a new event in the DD Water Tower. So, wrapping up last month, how has your new uh, season been? Yes, so the new season obviously came on the 1st, so we're just barely into it. And um, as we talked about last week, the after we ended the Kaiba Cup, I was already king of games. I don't know exactly how that worked, but it kind of moved me up based on my performance in the Kaiba Cup, I guess. And so there was basically no reason to play PvP. I had already gotten like the easy rewards and didn't feel like grinding for the bigger ones. So um, I don't think I've played any PvP games this week at all. Um, wait, wait a minute. I, I completely missed the part where you just got the Kai, uh, you got King of Games for free. I, I missed that. I thought you just did it afterwards. No, that's what I was... Yeah, I guess I, I didn't convey that well. I just kind of like went over to... Um, to PvP after the Kaiba Cup, and I'm like, I guess I'll get King of Games now that that's done, and it was I was already King of Games, so I was like, I guess I'm not going to play this game now that that's done. Um, so I've just been auto-dueling, like, for the past, whatever, week or two, um, doing events and stuff, of course, but uh, I'm also over the gem cap still, so for at the beginning of the week, I bought myself a good number of electric overload packs, but that's a 200 pack box so I didn't get a ton out of it yet um, I didn't want to like spend all of my gems because I knew something was coming but I wanted to get that uh, the amount that was over the cap because if they expire after they've been in your box for like a month and I obviously didn't want to waste the gems so I figured I could maybe start getting into that as I went and then the new box came out and or the new mini box we're going to talk about in a sec but kind of torn as to which path I should continue down there. So uh, other things are I learned that one of my real-life friends also plays Duel Links. He saw me as I was auto-dueling, uh, being antisocial at, a, at an event, and he was like, oh, you play? So that was pretty cool. I had a, a dueling on the train moment, except we were on a couch. And uh, I'm, I'm finally getting... a situation getting... like that where on the show... They were in a, they were like in a house or something, and they dueled, like in a weird situation, at a party or something. Yeah, it's, it's funny that, like, that would be weird in the show, but that's exactly when almost everyone does their dueling in, like, in real life. Right. But in right. the show, it's like your soul's not at stake, so why would you duel? Uh, oh, Peg uh, Pegasus dueled uh, Yugi on, on the TV in his house, like through the TV. There you go. <laughs> it was we were in front of the TV, so it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the last thing is that I'm actually getting a new computer soon, possibly even tomorrow. All the pieces oh, are wow. ordered, and uh, a friend of mine's gonna help me build it. So it's a PC, so I might be able to actually join in the um, the streaming and all of that stuff. So hopefully, fingers crossed, all of that goes as planned. You're st you're start stealing all my views, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Watch your hide your kids, hide your views. That's great though. Honestly, having I don't know how you survived so long without a computer. Honestly, 
I mean, I have one, but it's just terrible. I basically just use it to hold our show notes so that I can scroll through it uh, while we do this. Yeah. But anyway, what do you have to? Um, well, last season I got King of Games the real way, I guess. Like, <laughs> I, I guess I mentioned that, but um, in this current one, I've just got 10. I think I'm in 9, actually, but in the show notes will just say 10, just to round up. And um, I haven't moved off of Plat 4, which is the default rank you get. So um, I guess I'm not winning a ton, but it's kind of like my typical amount. My, my stats say I'm winning 60%, but right now it's, I guess it's not 60%. Um, trying out the new Six Samurais, I opened the new box one time. Uh, I actually got I actually saved 11 uh, packs uh, getting everything, so I guess I got through it pretty fast. And want to play nice. the dinosaurs down the road, but the dinosaurs, as we'll talk about, get a card from the uh, season reward, so you'll have to wait for that to get a really optimized list. Um for the DD Water Tower, I actually finished that yesterday, and uh, some of it was on my stream. Uh, I, I played through that, uh, and I went through the rewards pretty fast for that, that too. I went through, I got three of each card at least, and uh, that comes with the extra SR tickets and then some of the uh, past fire, uh, fire tower cards. So, um, mm-hmm. pretty much done with that, um, and we'll talk more about the event later on. Nice. So this week in esports, well, last week this happened. Uh, Duel Links Pro Eleven happened, and um, you know this we we touted this as the first real tournament of the post Kaiba Cup meta, and unfortunately we don't really know what everyone played, but uh, all of it is on Twitch. But we do have the first place uh, deck uh, decks from Vincenity. Vincenity played two decks: a balanced Cyber Angels deck. Uh, and Red Eyes Beatdown, which is uh, pretty much one and two. When you turn, when you talk about you know the meta decks, it's one and two right there. So for Cyber Angels Balance, this is the one with Sephira, I believe. Um, right. Yeah. So since he's using Balance, he's using six rituals, um, which kind of lends you to running Sephira as well, and. Um, he also added a bacon saver, but added nothing to counter uh, back rows, no nobleman, which I guess makes sense since he's not running mind scan. Um, none of the, I don't know, spell shield type 8, no econs to counter other uh, Cyber Angels decks. So it's a very like focused, I'm doing my rituals and I don't care what you're doing because I've got my own thing going on type deck. Very interesting build, in my opinion. I guess Bacon Saver is the back row. It's just the one. If you, if it's, it's the, in the yeah. yeah, the one protection. And uh, the Red Eye Zombie Beatdown is uh, oh, as Chaos Hunter. That's the that's the mystery card, the Chaos Hunter. Um, mm. And now the Red Eye Zombies have uh, Storm. That seems to be one of their default cards because they have the extra insights, I believe. That's why they run Storm to clear the back row. Otherwise, pretty standard um, two red-eye zombies set up. Yeah. Cool. He also runs the one Chalice. Is that uh, normal these days? Have you even seen that? Uh, I haven't played red-eye zombie in a while, but I wouldn't say it's uh, 100%. Uh, I, I would assume like Wall of D or something. 
yeah. some, some other type of card, but I guess it's interchangeable against uh, the annoying type of decks. Uh, definitely counters them. Chaos Hunter, though, mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't really seen that in PvP, um, but we we were excited about the potential of it could just coming out of your hand, like the Cyber Dinosaur, which never saw play, but does the same thing. Yeah, it's interesting. This is kind of how I like to build my lineups for events and just for playing in the game, where I have like kind of meta decks, but with my own little spin on it. So I like his lists. They're fun. And also the Reddit um, mentor-mentee tournament. So this was the interesting one that we brought up last week. I closed my notes. The, the one we uh, uh-huh. brought up... The one we brought up last week where there was a King of Games player who was comboed with a new player who was start, just started the game within a month. And the new player was the one who was playing um, the game, actually. And he was just getting coached by uh, an experienced player. So, first place of this tournament was Pyongyang, a very relevant uh, place nowadays in news. Um... The players' names were James and Sly. James was the player, I believe, and Sly was the coach. Yep. And they're playing Ancient Gears. This is a two-tribute a two tribute setup, so there's two golems and two beasts. So that's kind of heavy in terms of that. Uh, typically, you do run the two golems. Beasts are kind of... You go all in with the beasts, or you have, like, one. But this one's pretty heavy, and the reason is because there's a lot of stall. There's two Pulse Mines, two Wall of Ds, Windstorm... Two times rare metamorph and floodgates pretty normal, but just a lot of protection uh, to get these guys out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. This so, yep. Go ahead. Pretty good. Uh, uh, nothing. I was just gonna say it looks pretty good. Uh, like you said, lots of stall. It's pretty funny how that's. This is like a new player's collection. Like they have three icons. Well, I guess the icons came free with the Mokuba event, and they just opened up. They just got so. Oh, they have two electros. I guess that's kind of something yeah uh, I wonder if the coach also like coached them like hey we need to get some gems and buy this box or or whatever or if it was just show me what cards you have and we'll make something here or he was banded Keith and he literally gave him his cards (laughs) he gave Bones his cards (laughs) second place is Dealy Man team the player was Dealy Man and the coach was Captain Jack Gladiator Beast, Mind Skin. This one you could kind of see is a limited collection because they don't have half shots. And they kind of replaced it with the Rush Recklessly as a new card, I think. Yeah, I mean, you definitely... Well, not definitely, but as a new player, it's hard to go back and buy the... Uh, Age of what Discovery? Is that? Ultimate Rising. Ultimate I think Rising. it was Ultimate Rising. But either way, I mean, it's a really old set with few cards that are currently relevant. And especially buying it for half shut would would feel kind of bad. So that makes sense to me. You don't want to get the Axe Raiders over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that'd be rough. I have like five of them, so, <laughs> so it was rough. <laughs> uh, third place is a team 3.14 slash Mr. Platt, but the team was actually 3.14 and Mercury. Mercury was the coach. And they played a more refined version of Gladiator Beast. It's also a mind scan version. Uh, the last one was also a mind scan version. This one has the three impenetrable attacks. Um, 
instead of the rush recklessly. That's the main difference here. Cool. And uh, finally, fourth place, the Ducks Flame. This one is a really uh, you know free to play type deck. It's a beatdown. Oh, the team is Bionic Slam and Kaz. Um, they use the fields of the Warriors, uh, Joey, which is the Sagan field for free. And it's just a general beatdown deck. You get a lot of 1800 attack guys, some 1850s, some 1700s in the Enraged Battle Ox. Um, just like a, this is like a really beginner deck, like your good cards deck. You would run Ryoku, um, they, but they do have Magical Arm Shield, um, and uh, Draining Shield, I believe, yeah. Yeah, so this is, like you said, it's a very typical new player type deck. It It's interesting because um, the Ancient Gears, of course, are a new player type deck in that they're free. And I guess if you started within the last month, you could very well have uh, Cyber Angels too. So it's kind of interesting we didn't see that. Um but regardless, it's this is kind of the type of deck that you would expect to see. And the fact that the other two guys were Gladiator Beasts makes some sense because all of that comes from one box, so it's very budget, and it's one of the newer boxes, so all of the new players maybe would be buying that one. Let's say, but, you, started, let's say you started playing the game within the last month. Do you think you would know how to play Cyber Angels? Or like, are the mechanics too difficult, or would you not know to play it? Well, I'm thinking they had one week with the coach. So if the coach is really devoted, and if the team is really like, I don't know, for some reason they're really motivated to do this, um, then for sure, because that's you know, you could spend. It only takes a couple hours really to learn it, and I think more time would be spent making sure that they actually got all the pieces and that they could farm it and and you know could actually build the deck, but I don't think it's a terribly complicated deck to play at a moderate level, and even at the highest level, I think a player who has a knack for card games and stuff could pick it up um, without too much issue. I have a feeling the limitation was the Senjus and Sonic Birds. I feel like, or, the, or Lexus being level 40, I think that those were the main things. Yeah, that's a good point about the Senjus and Birds. Uh, new players probably don't have those. I, I forgot that I had already, um, when I picked it up, had already gotten a few of those. So it's not really a free-to-play deck if you haven't played for a while. Or it, it still is, but not within one month. Yeah, it's just the thing about the buying the old set um, issue and getting bad rare cards or SRs, the other cards, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that was pretty. They, apparently, it went really well, so it's great to see that tournament do well. And we have the whole recap there from Reddit. Yeah, it's nice not only to see the tournament do well, but specifically this tournament because it's kind of like designed to grow the community, uh, help new players join. So you you love to see that. Yep. And uh, going on right now or soon is the actual Reddit tournament. Uh, the no memes tournament that's what we're calling it um you know standard tournament no rules no special gimmicks ten dollars in prizes though so we'll see how that one goes yeah so this would be interesting i mean there's constantly new cards coming out so every meta every week is a slightly different meta but it's interesting to see if the reddit meta will be different from the Duel Links 
pro-meta because they'll both be um, like, quote, serious tournaments happening right after uh, um, the Kaiba Cup. So we'll be interested to see if it's if we can learn more about the Duel Links Pro and then also what we can learn about the Reddit one. Yeah, Duel Links Meta one is happening next week. And, uh, you know, that's the really... That's like the $2,000 in prizes type one. I assume... I assume the main difference is ninjas. I feel like ninjas is more of a duelings meta thing, and they're very hard to play. Um, I think that'll be the main difference. But maybe yeah, well on the Reddit, yeah. I could see that too. And the other thing is that the duelings meta um, tournament will usually shape the meta. So if there's anything new to come out. I wouldn't expect it to come out and and really take too much of a hold from these other smaller tournaments. Uh, but if something comes and just comes out of nowhere, if it if we end up getting like a six samurai build or something, I assume that it would most likely come from the Duel Links meta tournament because that's kind of the thing I guess that everyone pays attention to and net decks based on. Yep. All right, so we're going to talk about the main uh, PVE event this week, and that's the DD Water Tower. It's the second uh, such event after the Fire Tower that happened a while back, and um, you know there, it's not the best event. I don't think it could ever be amazing, but um, there are some major improvements this time, and that's the DD Invader. So what's the DD Invader? So he's a guy, I haven't like noticed any pattern or anything, but every once in a while when I'm in the tower and I'm about to start a duel against some other character, he'll just kind of pop up and, and I guess invade the space. And you have like one hour worth of time during which you can uh, duel him. And in my experience so far, he's been really easy every time, and he always gives you two of the... Um, of the mission points or whatever they're called. And so what I really like about it is that it makes it so that you can, like almost anyone can get all of the cards that are offered during the event. It makes it much easier to do that because they're infusing all these extra mission points into the event through this kind of recurring random battle. Yeah. um, The, I noticed some other changes, the, stipulations aren't as extreme as they were in the fire set, I think. I mean, sometimes I do switch out characters, like I switch to Cyber Angels if they need me to use more spells or inflict 7,000 points of damage, things like that. But uh, in the fire one, I I found myself completely changing my deck every single time, and this time I would just switch out like three or four cards to meet the adjustment. Sometimes I didn't even have to. Like Sometimes my deck just was good enough. You're such a good boy. You're like actually doing the event. I was just auto dueling it, but you, maybe that's why you're done with it, and I'm still stuck in the middle. And they had they had really a uh, funny dialogue this time too between the characters. That's good. Yeah, they, and they then. Got the... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. What were you saying? I was gonna move on to the the one that you that's relevant. The one prize. The one prize. So t- that is. Sorry. Siren Orca. Siren Orca. Last week we talked about all the Gishki cards, so those are those are some of the rewards. But this is the one that we didn't see last time. It's a twenty-two hundred attack 
1,000 defense, 5-star Winged Beast. If you control both Fish and Winged Beast monsters, you can special summon this from your hand. When you do, you can declare a level from 3 to 5. The levels of all monsters you currently control become that level. If you activate this effect, monsters you control cannot activate their effects for the rest of the turn except for water monsters. So obviously, um, this card's not very useful at all, because you're not going to be running a fish in Winged Beast deck. But down the line, when there are XYZ or XZ's monsters, they kind of do require you to have, you know, like this many fishes or this many Winged Beasts to make the XYZ monster. So I'd say hold on to it till down the road when XYZ comes out. Yeah, I mean, definitely don't uh, trade away copies that, <laughs> that you trade it for. Use, trade but... it for a UR stone. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. So it's good. Yeah, this is the one that we're only getting one of, anyways. So like, you can't get multiples of this. Right. So just be sitting around for a while, unless you're trying to make a really fun deck in casual mode to face Cyber Angels or burn decks in casual mode. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many cards in this game that I just don't even really remember exist because they were never relevant. And so they're just sitting in my collection, sometimes multiples of them because they were part of some event or whatever, and I just don't even know about them. So there's so many cards, it's hard to even keep track of them. One day I'll have to go through my whole collection and see if there's anything good in there that the whole community slept on. Yeah. Um, the new mini box was released on the 27th, so it's been, you know, a couple days since then. Um, and this is, this box initially got a lot of hype from the Duel Links meta community. I was, I was on the Discord, and everyone was saying, oh, this box is so good. But eventually, the excitement kind of tapered down after everyone just, you know, took a day (laughs) for the excitement to wear off. And, um, yeah, a lot of these cards I actually saw before because they were odds and ends from Datamines. And um, they were planned to come into the set, so um, all the six samurais, I I knew they were coming, but um, this is the box where they came, and now the data mine's completely clean. So um, we're going to talk about the cards. The six samurai archetype. So this version that we have in the game so far is a very light version of the real thing, and they took out some of the really strong monsters, actually. Um... No, just know that it's a control style, so you're controlling the board monsters and controlling the back row, and also controlling how many spells your opponent plays. So that's if you're not going to play, it, just know that it's a control deck. Um, main card of the archetype and the guy in the box is Great Shogun Shen. It's a UR uh, 2500, 2400, seven stars. If you control two or more face up six samurais. You can special summon it from your hand. Your opponent can activate one spell or trap each turn. Um, if this card would be destroyed, you can target. You could destroy another face-up six samurai you control instead. So th- the difficulty of this card, it seems like it's a really strong card because Cyber Angels, for example, would just keep recycling and you would just limit them down to one card. In any deck, the main advantage in Yu-Gi-Oh! is playing multiple spells and traps each turn because there's no mana limit to doing that. Um, so it's a really strong ability, but the problem is getting him out on the board, and if it's too slow. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's limited, of course, by the fact that we only have three monster slots. So if you have two six samurai, then he's taking up that third one. 
and uh, it means that you have to have a very devoted deck to it. And as we've seen in this game, sometimes matches end on you know in one or two turns, so it's a little bit hard to get that second guy down and make him stick. But uh, but I do like that he's a special summon. So as soon as you get that second one, you could just plop him down immediately. Yeah, the 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 main problem with six samurais is speed. They seem really slow, and the ways to special summon guys are not amazing and that's what makes this archetype not that good uh, i saw someone talking on reddit about uh adding double summon to their deck so that they could do it all yeah, in one turn it's common be interesting i like that there's different opinions on double summon i don't have it so <laughs> I, can't, I can't try it <laughs> ah, i'll have to try it out maybe did you play this archetype back when you played uh the physical game no, I was way before you, so I guess this was after you too. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know this one, but cool. Yeah, uh, Anishi Shen's Chancellor. This is an SR. SRs and URs are the same because you only get one in each box. But he's a little weaker, twenty two hundred, twelve hundred. But he's not for attacking. Uh, must be special summoned by banishing two six samurais from your graveyard. Can't be special summoned any other way. So this guy definitely clogs up your hand a lot. Once per turn, you can target one face-up monster, destroy it. This card cannot declare an attack the turn you activate this effect. So as I mentioned, he clogs up my hand because I played the balanced version. And if mm. he's in your hand in the beginning, that's just a waste. And um, it's great. It's a free special summon because you use your graveyard monsters. And it's not dependent on what's on the board. So you kind of want your guys to die and trade off and get this guy out. Um... He's really slow, but definitely a strong ability to destroy a monster each turn. The problem is it's a face-up monster, too. Um, yeah, in current builds, like, current decks seem to choose between Shen or Anishi. Like, they kind of choose which one you want to take. Interesting, because they don't seem mutually exclusive. In fact, Shen can kind of help you get... Uh, sorry, Anishi can help you get Shen out more easily in certain circumstances because it'd be, you know, you are top deck mode or something and, and you've got only one six samurai on the field, you can or you can play one as your normal summon and then you can special summon Anishi and then you can um special summon Shin. So I don't think he counts. Like... Oh I see, yeah. that's why. Yeah, that the other... makes so much more sense. The other seven are six samurais. <laughs> That's odd. But yeah, okay. Alright, I see. Yeah. So, like DK, for example, he made a video with two shoguns, uh, Shens and no Anishis. The one, the guy who got King of Games had Anishi and no shoguns. So that's the version I'm playing. I'm playing <laughs> the one Anishi version. Uh, so, we don't know what's the best right now. Uh... Sure. So there's some support cards, and they're not very good. Shen's Castle of Mist is a field spell. When a 6 Samurai monster is attacked, the attacking monster loses 500 attack during the damage calculation only. So the only, the only way that you would fall for this trap is if you don't know what the card does, and you declare an attack, and then they start losing the attack, and they die. That's There's no other, like, no one would willingly hit into a guy knowing they're going to lose 500. <laughs> 
Yeah, not if it's going to be a, a negative trade for them. So, yeah. Yep, not not very good. The This is a big one, a six-strike triple impact. It's a, it's a magic card. Uh, oh, I'm going out of order here. Uh, yeah, we missed Swift Strike Armor. So Swift Strike Armor is one of those cards that helps you special summon cards. I think DK runs this one. It's a continuous trap. During your draw phase, each time you draw a 6 Samurai Monster, you can reveal it and special summon it. So this lets you cheat out an extra guy if you draw it. And um, it makes the way for Shogun, definitely. Uh, Great Shogun Shen. And I guess the the problem is half of your deck is 6 Samurais and half of it is not. So it's just dependent on whether you draw it or if you draw a back row, I guess. Yeah. Um, six six strike triple impact is a magic card. If you control three or more face up six samurai monsters, you can activate one of these effects. Destroy all face up monsters your opponent controls. Destroy all face up spells and traps they control, or destroy all set spells and traps your opponent controls. So you have to have the three six samurais out, and um, it seems very win more. It's like it's like Ojama Delta Hurricanes, like one of those cards, like. You wouldn't really run it unless like I, I don't I don't see this being used. Yeah, it maybe uh, what's the name of that card that you can play a magic without having to meet the conditions? Oh, it's that of, um that it's a it's a Aster card. Yeah. Diamond Dude? Some, I forget who. Yeah, that sounds right. I think that might be it. So, maybe that's where you play this. Yeah, we still haven't be... seen that. That that seems like such an amazing deck to play, <laughs> but I still haven't yeah. seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Maybe that's what I'll try out for this uh, PvP next week. But that, so that seems like one option. I guess another option is if you're trying to just go for a one-turn kill or something with your six samurai somehow. Yeah, you can have like a tie you're... that binds or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're right that if you have three out. You're obviously you have control of the board, so it doesn't seem like you really need this. But maybe if you're just like getting all three out for this one turn or something like that, um, yeah. this will be like your burst potential. But even then, it's not that great because there's a lot of they could activate a lot of cards in response to mess you up if you do that. Whereas if you had like if you could do it and then play the three, then you'd be in a much better spot. So I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe if it does show up, it it's just like a one of type card. Like like most of the time, it's just not gonna activate. That's the issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Copy Knight. This isn't used, but it's a tra- continuous trap. Whenever a level four or lower warrior monster is normal summoned to your side of the field, you can special summon this card as a normal monster. It has the same name and level as the normal summoned monster. So it's a warrior with no attack, no defense, and it's light. This card is also still a trap card. So basically it gets you a clone name and that counts as a 6 Samurai for Shogun. That's the only use I could see for this card. Mm, yeah. It, it's funny that there's more um, trap monsters coming into the game. Yeah, I think before, like early in the game, they were super powerful and so they limited how many there were. But now that the game's progressed to... You know, with all the special summons and so much happening, they're just significantly weaker than 
they were early on in the game, so it's not really a big deal. Yeah. But, like, I remember um, Bluff Trap back when we started the game. I still don't have it, but it's been, like, the chase chase skill that I've been trying to get forever because it was, like, super strong and cool back in, like, the early tournament days when you could cheat out your one tribute monsters and stuff. I still don't know what Bluff Trap does, so... No one knows. It's okay. <laughs> uh, the Immortal Bushi. This is a SR. Uh, 1,200, 600, three-star warrior. While this card is face-up on the field, it cannot be tributed except for tributes summoned for a warrior-type monster. During your standby phase, if this is in your graveyard and all monsters in your graveyard are warriors, you can special summon it to the field. Yeah, you must control no monsters to activate and resolve this effect. So it's like a warrior a treeborn frog. Um, it just lets you cheat out like a five and six warrior, like a destiny hero, silent swordsman, freed, none of the red lotus. Um, you know, it's not it's not gonna be ever like a really popular card, but it will fit into whatever warrior deck that needs some kind of tribute, I guess. Yeah. So the problem with this is that it doesn't count as a six samurai. So that would be like really strong <laughs> if it did, because then you can make sure that you have your three that you need, but. Since it doesn't, it's not, like, that good. I guess the difference is that you can have two come back, or or three even, I guess, but Treeborn Frog, you can only have one, right? Come back on turns? This one says you must control no monsters to activate uh, and resolve okay, yeah. So yeah, so fun. it's the same thing. So, yeah, I guess I don't really think this is really that good. Yeah, it's not that meta. Yeah. He's like a wannabe samurai. Who's like he dead. is. Yeah. So sad. Um, Fire Formation Gyako. This is a, a continuous magic card. Activate this card by targeting one set or spell, one set spell or trap card in your opponent. Your opponent controls. Your opponent cannot activate the targeted card in response to this effect. This card's activation, so it locks it down completely. While this card is face up, that set card cannot be activated. All beast warrior type monsters you control gain a hundred attack. So it's like it's like Shinzeng Hu, but uh, one card and they can't counter it. Mm-hmm. It plays Not... into the the full lockdown board with <laughs> Shinzeng Hu and Ojama King. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just completely lock them out of the game. Yeah, and um, it's part of the Fire Fist family, which came into the last set, so. I don't know much about that archetype, but it's one of those cards that work for it. Yep. Alright, let's talk about Harpies. Did you play a lot of Harpies back then? I forget. I did, yeah. I played um, a moderate amount of the normal Harpies. I played the uh, the Relinquished Harpies thing. And I even played like various other decks that just ran Harpies to take advantage of the other side's uh, Harpies Hunting Grounds. So I've had a moderate amount of experience with Harpies. It's nice to see them back. All right, I'll let you talk about it because I still don't have Harpies Hunting Ground. Uh, <laughs> Harpy, <laughs> Har- Harpy Dancer, this is the main um, good card for Harpies. It's an SR, though. 1,200 attack, 1,000 defense, 4-star winged beast. You can target one wind monster you control and return it to your hand. Then you can normal summon one wind monster. You can use this effect... You can only use this effect of Harpy Dancer once per turn. 
this card's name becomes Harpy Lady while it's on the field or in the graveyard. So obviously the good thing about this is it lets you trigger two Harpy's Hunting Ground activations in one turn, right? Right, yeah, that's kind of the whole point of it. Um, you mentioned before the show that you could also do stuff like um, reusing Sonic Bird, which is pretty cool. Um, I like the card a lot. The problem is that, you know, with the Harpy's Hunting Ground nerf, um, there's it's it's hard to justify running Harpy's Hunting Ground. And also, a lot of decks these days just don't rely very much on the back row, which is kind of interesting. You have a you have a big split, I guess, where some decks rely on back row stuff a lot, and then some decks don't rely on it at all. So I think it would be significantly better against in some matchups than in others. But this is the type of card that I really like, where it's like recycling resources and um, cheating out guys and all that type of stuff. That's that's my jam. So I'm really excited about this one. I might try Harpies again. And the other card is Cyber Harpy Lady, another cyber card. Uh, there's not really cyber about her, except she's wearing, like, a Xena metal breastplate armor. Um, <laughs> 1800 attack, 1300 defense, effect monster. This card is this card's name is always treated as Harpy Lady. So it's just a Harpy Lady with 1800 attack, and it's not normal. Um, so it becomes 2000 with the Harpy's Hunting Ground? Right. Yeah, it's um, it's just a beater. I mean, you've seen, obviously the Harpies are kind of weak. The 1300 attack, the Harpy Dancer has uh, 1200. Oh. Yeah, so this is a way to make them more competitive, um, just in terms of normal board presence and trading, which is something that's kind of becoming less and less uh, relevant in our current meta, but... Um, before back in their heyday they were running like sonic duck for the same reason where you just want a beater to help close out games to help you make efficient trades all of that and um this is a good card to do that as well it used to be relevant that the harpies were normal monsters and uh, as was sonic duck and stuff because you would do things like um you would run the order to charge and maybe you would run uh, Knight of the Red Lotus. And the order to charge is no longer really relevant. And you can probably do without Knight of the Red Lotus, especially if you're running the Heartbeat Dancer, you kind of get the same feel there. So um, I think that that's an okay trade-off, and it might be worth it to be able to trade more efficiently with, like, Dinos and, and a f those few... Uh, decks that do kind of fight for the board. So based on this assessment, let's say nothing, let's consider two scenarios. Uh, Cyber Cyber Angels is left as is, or there's some kind of nerf to Mindscan, some kind of nerf to Cyber Angels. Uh, it, let's say there's a nerf. Would Where would Harpies be if Cyber Angels got nerfed? Well, if Cyber Angels got nerfed, then I think uh, Tomb Barrel Dragon would come back because that's like they're the reason why that very strong archetype is not around. And Harpies seem pretty strong against that because they can obviously kill the uh, Toon World and even if it's fairly protected. So they might be able to make a comeback based on that scenario. Um, I think 
obviously ninjas and red eyes are also just kind of right behind um the right behind cyber angels in terms of power so they would obviously step up but i think the maybe less obvious step up would be the tomb barrel dragon and tomb barrel dragon was really good against um red eyes back in the day right when it was in its heyday and i still haven't really played ninjas or played a ton against it so i've no idea what its matchups are like so i can't really comment on that but uh it's a there's a chance that they would come back if cyber angels dies but i don't even know if a nerf to cyber angels would kill cyber angels because i think the most obvious nerf would be to limit dakini to one but if you do that then you just add Sephiras. so i don't think cyber angels would go away if it got that nerf either hmm. you're talking about ninjas reminding me i got my ass kicked by andy sang who is um, who shows up on the Duel Links meta tournaments? Uh, oh, nice. Ninjas, yeah, ninjas. It was my first time playing Six Samurai, so I didn't even know what the cards did. Like, I don't know what Zanji does. <laughs> That's kind of my <laughs> downfall. And he just, yeah, he destroyed me with ninjas. Yeah, I watched like DK playing a little bit of ninjas, and he was just like, just doing so many things. And I'm like, man, I don't even know what these cards do. So. And it, it seemed good. <laughs> yeah, it's, super, it's just getting that UR, because the, the other guys are just rares. The Black Dragon Ninjas are rare, so like, it's just getting that yeah. U- transformation card. Right. Alright. Powerful Rebirth. This is this is probably the, the best card in the set, uh, just in terms of use. It's a continuous trap. Activate this card by targeting one level 4 or lower monster in your graveyard. You can special summon it. Increase its level by 1, and its attack and defense by 100. When that monster is destroyed, destroy this card. So, you know, we had some resurrection abilities with normal monsters, but this is the first one that lets you get an effect monster back. Yeah, it's a really interesting card. I like also the level up bonus is interesting. Um, Certain decks care a lot about that, including decks with beat down and um, ninjas and stuff so there's some interesting uses there it's also i don't have it up but based on the way you read it it says if the monster dies then the trap dies but if the trap dies the monster does not die you get to to reuse the trap the the trap as an effect oh baby so yeah there's that there's that too this is like the closest thing to Monster Reborn we have so far, I think. Until like Call of the Haunted gets here. Call of the Haunted can do any monster. This one just does 4 or lower, but you know every deck runs level 4 or lower, typically. Yeah, pr- I mean, pretty much every deck. Not every deck would want their 4 lowers back, but... Right, yeah. But yeah, there's definitely... It's definitely very powerful. Yep. And the card that kind of plays with it is Parallel Twister. This is another good card from the set. Uh, normal magic card. Send one other spell or trap you control to the graveyard, then target one card on the field and destroy it. So it's like a built-in wild tornado slash storm, but it could take out any monster. And if you combine it with wild tornado or big bang shot, you can destroy two cards. Ah, I tried to warn you. It uh, does not work with wild tornado. Because oh, man. <laughs> it's, uh, because this is one of the send um, cards as opposed to destroy. So it works with Big Bang Shot because Big Bang Shot says when it leaves the field, um, then the effect happens. 
but while tornado says when this card is destroyed so it's one of those little tricky uh points but it's come up a few times now with a couple cards before this so i'm i'm almost certain that it doesn't work with wild tornado because it hasn't worked in the past i'm glad i made that mistake live on air so everyone can learn (laughs) that's right that was that was a well set up um fake mistake on your part so that we could teach the audience uh, in the ninja deck I run, I do run these two cards in conjunction just because I don't have all the cards for the other guy's deck. But uh, Parallel Twister works great with Powerful Rebirth as it gets re- left on the board for no reason. So, Yeah, that is good. I like it. I'm also hoping for Handless to become a thing because that's what I played during the Kaido Cup. And mm-hmm. uh, this is a Handless card because you, you have so many of those uh, Dimension Gates left over. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. I like it. Yep. All right. Sabersaurus. Dinosaurs are back. 1900 attack, 500 defense, earth monster. That's all. That's all it is. Um, and dinosaurs, they all they do is want more attack. You know, they run, you know, Oxygeddon for no reason. It's an effect monster. You never use the effect. Just because it has 1800. This guy has 1900. Yeah. Just good stuff right there. Yep. They're one of those few decks that we were just talking about that are still kind of fighting for the board um, in the old fashion, as opposed to just having powerful effects and flooding it through special summons and stuff. So they definitely need bigger and bigger guys to compete with all of these powerful effects that are cheating, as it yep. were. And he only has 500 defense, but if he gets flipped over, he dies anyway. So like, <laughs> it doesn't matter if he has like a thousand. So. Whatever. Right, yeah, the difference between 500 defense and 1,000 defense is pretty much none because there's very few monsters with 700 attack or something that are actually going to be attacking into stuff. Yeah, they go for your face. They, they, they're they in the burn decks where they attack you directly. They're not for attacking monsters. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the seven six samurais because there's actually seven of them <laughs> uh, <laughs> that are in this game. Zanji... This is a light monster, 1,300 defense. At the end of the... So the so the six samurais have a gimmick uh, where if there's another one on the field with a certain a different name, you get to use an extra ability. So that's the six samurai ability. Um, this card is... If this card attacked, destroy the monster that this card attacked. You must control another six samurai. Um, if this card would be destroyed, you can destroy another face-up six samurai. So that's a secondary ability where they get to destroy another monster instead of themselves. And this guy's effect is kind of like Yomi's ship. That's the closest comparison, I think. Um, yeah, and it happens or, at the end of the damage step, yep. Or the uh, Suzuki's, right? That uh, that attack like a face-down automatically kills the face-down. Right. This one, you actually have to take the damage, though, so it ha- you, the attack has to go through. That's the. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So this guy's a little tricky, because if you try to sacrifice another guy, let's say I have a Zanji and an Iru, and I say, I'm going to attack this 2,000 attack guy, and I'll sacrifice my Iru instead of my Zanji, the effect doesn't work, because the Iru's gone, and um, you need another guy on the board for the effect to work. So it's kind of like a chain that the guy dies before he hits through, so they both die. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Don't do yeah, that. I've done that. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. That's, that's <laughs> my but this is the best one. 
best uh, six samurai card, you should have like three or two of them just for the offense. Uh, Yaichi. Six samurai Yaichi. This is a water. 1300 attack, 800 defense. And he has the same abilities except he destroys a set trap card. Set spell or trap card. So he's kind of the back row guy, and you definitely run this guy because um, you don't run Sergeant Electro, so it's kind of like the version of Sergeant Electro. You get to control the back row. Right. It's also similar to um, Ice Barrier where they have the same idea where you have your like your specific, uh, I guess, theme or whatever, your clan's version of some sort of back row protection because you definitely don't want to be attacking into stuff without having some protection for them. And Six Ceremonies is a very controlled deck, and this is pretty... This is a linchpin of the deck, to have back row control. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Iru is 1,700 attack, 1,200 attack dark, and his ability is to automatically destroy a face-down defense monster. And you see a lot of people running two times Floodgate Trap Hole just because of Iru. Um... The version that I run doesn't run Floodgate Trapple, and it just runs two Irus. It kind of it's kind of debatable how useful he is, but he is the second strongest attacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. This is the honorary version. Uh, this is the honorary member of the Six Samurai, but she is a Six Samurai because she counts as the other two whenever you're summoning something, or you could sacrifice her. So uh, she counts. Hand of the Six Samurai. Fire, 1600 attack, 1000 defense. If you control another 6 samurai monster, you can tribute one of them and target one monster in the field and destroy it. And She counts herself, so you can tribute her when you summon herself. And it could destroy face downs as well. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Very good card. Uh, I'd say this is almost auto-include as well for 6 samurais. Now we have the 3 weak ones. The 3 um, weak... Uh, six samurais. These are N rarities. Uh, Yuriza is a thousand five hundred uh, Earth type, and its ability is it gets to attack directly, as long as there's another a different six samurai on the field. So it's got some poke ability, I guess. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, you probably don't need that because you're trying to control the board through either removing their guys or by just attacking into them and and floodgating them and whatever. But I guess unless they're all just face down floodgates and too big and blocking, like they're basically you don't need, need the poke potential. There's no reason for it, so he just has low attack. Yep. Nisashi is wind, fourteen hundred seven hundred. Uh, its abilities it gets to attack twice during each battle phase. So you know, same thing. It's wind more, but you know, how much do you want to attack with a fourteen hundred guy twice? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, this is one that would not help you gain the board, uh, but only help you once you already have it and, and kind of like close them out, I guess, in one turn earlier or something, uh, which, like you said, is a very win-more type card. So um, that's kind of a, just for the listeners who don't know, that's a common phrase in uh, card games, especially as far as I know, where it doesn't mean that you win more often. It means that you win <laughs> harder um which is uh, intended to mean that the card is not good because it doesn't matter how um severely you win you can win by 
100 life points or you can win by uh, no damage victory. It doesn't matter. You can overkill them a million. You don't really get too much extra. I guess we get a bigger, bigger duel assessment, but that doesn't matter for your PvP game. So uh, when you say win more, it means that this is a card that you don't need. Um, you, it only helps when you're already going to win the game. That's a great explanation. Thank you. <laughs> and the more the more useful of these bad ones is Kaman. He is Kaman. I don't know how you say this guy's name. Fifteen hundred attack, a thousand defense, fire. And his abilities, you could destroy one face up spell or trap each turn. So you know this has more potential than the other t- the previous two in if fields or ancient gears or you know something with a face up magic card is use is used. Um, this is decent. Yeah, and he has some. Never... He has some attack. He has like fifteen hundred. That's something, I guess. Yeah, and it means they would never like pay for um, mirror wall and stuff when he's out. So yep. you know that's something. Yep. So those are the six samurais. Uh, let's move on to hazy flame. Uh, up until now, we only had Sphinx as the only Hazy Flame card, and they kind of had to use other fire monsters and Beast Rising and Roma strategy. And now, this set kind of opened up Hazy Flame to a whole new, uh, a lot more potential. So, let's talk about the cards. Hazy Flame Perryton. It is 1600 attack, 1700 defense, 6 stars. Oh, all of the Hazy Flames are 6 stars, so that's kind of like their thing, I guess. Um... So this is pretty weak for six stars. It's a pyro. Can't be special summoned except by hazy f- by a hazy flame monster's effect. Your opponent can't target this card, which is the same as uh, any hazy flame. You can send one fire monster from your hand to the graveyard and tribute this card. Special summon two hazy flame monsters from your deck. You can only use this effect once per turn. So this is. A uh, really cool effect for, I guess, building your board. But considering how all of the various ways that you have to set it up, it is unlikely to have a huge impact um, because we only have three slots anyway. So, you know, the dream is that you can just keep recycling your guys. You use this one to get out the Hazy Flame Sphinx, and then you use that one to recur this one, and then you, I guess, maybe tribute you guys for various effects, and then you can use this one to get back two more, and all the while you are just abusing all of this recycling and free summons, and at the same time, like, thinning your deck and stuff. So um, it's a really cool effect, and just like the dancer that we talked about earlier, it's the type of thing that I, that really like appeals to me and just sounds really cool. But I'm not sure if it's going to be super impactful in this game. Hmm. The next card is Hazy Flame Cer- Cerberus. Am I saying it right? Cerberus. <laughs> I think probably Cerberus. Cerberus, yeah. That's... The, the mythical dog. Uh, 2,000 attack, 200 defense, beast. Six stars. You can normal summon it without tributing, but its original attack becomes 1,000. Can't be targeted. When this card is destroyed and sent to the graveyard, you can add one hazy card from your deck to your hand. So it's hazy monster or trap or spell. Yeah, I mean, Tutor effects are really cool. 
the fact that you've got this utility to either play it as a normal summon or as a tribute for more attack also really cool uh, sometimes you would play it even though it's really weak as a normal summon because you can protect it and then you need to tribute the next turn for your other um, hazy flame guys who like you said are all one tribute monsters so uh, I could definitely see some use for this guy in that deck It'd be interesting to see yeah people are saying this was the best one so uh, yeah. yep hazy flame manticore 2200 attack 300 defense can't be targeted. Once per turn, during either player's turn, you can send one fire monster, except from this, except for this card, from your hand or face up from your side of the field to the graveyard. This card can't be destroyed by card effects if that happens. So this is the least useful one, I think. It's just a beater. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-two hundred tech beater. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I guess it's. It could be useful to be protected from removal, but I don't think the cost is super worth it, minus the fact that, like we just talked about, you're going to have all of these ways to recycle cards, and so it's kind of like a the cost is almost zero because you have so many extra guys. So it could find a way to see some use there, but I don't think so. I don't think it's worth the deck slots, even if you can get those extra uh, tributes to cost nothing. Rip. <laughs> and uh, the trap card, Hazy Glory, is a continuous trap card. You can normal summon Hazy Flame Monsters for one less tribute. So they all come out for, for free, basically. You can send this card face up from the field to the graveyard to target one Hazy card in your graveyard, except for Hazy Glory, and add it to your hand. So this card is so good. The ability, <laughs> the ability to uh, summon all your Hazy guys for without tributes is like the key to the deck. So when I played Hazy Flame, which is why I'm the one who's been a chatty Cathy about all of these, because I used to play this deck a lot, um, you would have to devote significant portions of the deck to like Soul Exchange and to various cards that protect your Hazy Flames, or, or your, sorry, excuse me, to protect your four-star monsters because you'd be running, uh, you know, Sergeant Electros and... Um, the heavy night of flame and stuff and you'd have to protect your guys because the whole deck revolves around a one tribute monster so everything in the deck that isn't kind of part of that engine is trying to set it up so that you can play this one tribute guy so you've got the soul exchanges you've got the protections you've got maybe even some traps that make monsters so that you can just play it as a tribute and uh, basically, there's just a lot of effort put into being able to play your Hazy Flame, which was also a negative tempo play because Tribute Summons are a little bit slow. And um, you can't build the board at the same time, minus the fact that the Hazy Flame ability lets you do that. But this trap lets you kind of avoid all of that, and it has secondary uses if you get multiple copies of it. So I really like this card. And uh, it got me excited to buy this set through. Um, we mentioned at the beginning that I was like unsure of what I wanted to do with my gems, but after reading <laughs> kind of the recap, I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy this set. So I'm a little excited. I'm definitely going to try that out. So with this card, would you run like two or three of these in a deck? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to try it out, see what I want to do. Um, 
definitely at least two, but three would make sense as well, maybe. So I, I'm going to have to try it out, see what I like. I'm thinking probably two. And the, and the good thing is, is, like, these cards are either R's or N's, so it's pretty easy to get them uh, to automatically to start on your uh, upgrading your Hazy Fill Index. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Uh, the following card I, I like irrationally a lot for an N card. I <laughs> I sent you a picture once I saw it. Uh, it's a counter trap called Heroes Rule 2. Uh, negate the activation of a spell, trap, or effect monster. That's effect targets a card in the graveyard and you destroy it. It just seems really good for an end, and just as a tech card, it has so much utility with any monster that recycles, like uh, Cyber Angel, Zombies, the Creator, uh, Red Eyes, I guess, works. Um, and there are even spells and traps like Machine Angel Ritual, Powerful Rebirth, Spirit, Birthright, Supervise. It seems like it's like it's very useful. Yeah, I mean, all those things that you list is true. It's got uh, some good uses there, um, but it's not, like, it's a very specific card. It's useless outside of those uses, right. and, and those yeah. are a good amount of uses, but it seems like the type of card that would be, like, in a sideboard. Like, you wouldn't play yeah. this in your deck in normal PvP, but... It's funny because when you sent it to me, I I thought you were like memeing or something. I thought you were trying to give me a message that I didn't understand. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, heroes rule, cool." <laughs> I thought this was going to be the end of Cyber Angel because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it counters that Takini effect, that recycle ability. Yeah. Oh well, well. Did you have you tried it? Has it been the end of Cyber Angels? No, I'm I'm playing like six samurais. So I can't fit it in, <laughs> but. Like, I don't see this going away. Like, I see it just being in, like, a tournament as, like, yeah, a tech card, just being around. Yeah, I think the tournaments, you know, after we had the official World Champs, the tournaments have shifted from a format in which you had uh, sideboards to formats in which you had uh, multiple decks instead. And so I think it's weaker in those formats because it it has potential to be a useless card. But... You know, if you know the meta well, and you know like that everyone's one of the decks that almost everyone's bringing is going to be Cyber Angels, for instance, then sure you can maybe count on that enough to play this in one of your decks. Yeah, I'll make a vow right now. I'm going to use this card sometime during PvP this month. Okay, you, yep. you've made your vow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's that's the whole set. Um. Overall, not the best set, but it does push some new archetypes, and it has some useful cards. And it's just a mini box, so buy at your own um, caution. <laughs> yeah, as we talked about, the Six Samurai are okay. Um, Hazy Sphinx never really got above Tier 2, but it's always been a fun deck, so there's some decent stuff in here. It's it's funny because I was the opposite of Duel Links meta um, in that when I initially saw this set, I was like, oh, well, here's another set that I don't really want to buy. But then now that we've talked about it, I'm a little bit more excited about it. I'm going to try out some of these new things. So that's cool. Yeah, and so definitely, it's definitely a box you don't have to buy a ton. Like, you could just buy one, one round and it's fine. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. That's always good, too. Yep. Hey, Konami might be listening to us. Maybe. 
Maybe. There's the one listener in Japan, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's Konami. <laughs> yep. Um, so the, the other four cards we're going to talk about are a new season ticket rewards. And there's a significant change in that the third SR ticket has been moved up to 120. And there's a new UR ticket that takes the 100 PvP slot. So we have to grind more games. Even though for you, it, it should be pretty fast with Cyber Angels. Um, definitely <laughs> well, get those I'm games gonna, while you can. I'm going to switch over to Sphinx and, and stuff. So Yeah. Yeah, maybe the volume is better, so you don't you don't get the King of Games as fast. <laughs> so you play a worse deck to get more wins. <laughs> I mean, there is some benefit to that because last... Well, not this... Not last month, but in October, I guess. I got to King of Games in like 30 games 30? or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what it was. But then I just didn't even want to play PvP anymore. And so it, it like dissuaded me from earning the tickets. So yeah, playing a slightly worse deck, making it take longer to get there has some benefits. And the UR cards aren't very good at all. Uh, they, they do let you get the Red Dark Magician though, so a lot of people like that card. Style points, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about the new ones. The Big Cattle Drive. This is a UR spell. If you control a beast, a beast warrior... Or a winged beast. Draw one card for each of those monsters you control. Uh, you can't activate other spells or traps or effects during the turn you activate this card. I can't even get through the card. I'm not saying I'm bad at this. Uh, but um, they they mentioned how good this is for gladiator beasts. But the problem is that Mermillo is a staple and it's a fish, so it doesn't count. Uh, you'll be drawing like two cards max. If you have Dimakari out, you might have three, but you probably won the game already. And you can't activate anything else after you play this card, so that's the problem. Yeah, they're very scared of Pot of Greed, which, you know, makes sense because it was super good. But as a result, they keep giving us these really bad versions of it. Um, I wouldn't play this in Glad Beasts. Yeah. I don't think I would even get this. I don't think I will even spend my ticket on this. Unless, unless I have, like, three of everything. Yeah. Not a very good card. This is a good card, though. Black Brachios. 1,800 attack, 1,100 defense, dinosaur. When this card's normal summoned, you can target one monster on the field and change its target to face-up defense. So it's like a free econ or uh, security orb on a monster. And it has 1,800 attack. Yeah, great card. Uh, Like you said, the dinos like to play big beaters. Uh, Obviously, with Dinosaur Kingdom, this becomes one of those. Uh, Even... Nowadays, you, you know, we have, like, 1,600 attack guys, and then we have, like, you know, the 2,700 and, and up guys, uh, yeah. or 2,400 and up. So it, it can make a few trades even if you lose your kingdom, but it, that's kind of unlikely these days anyway. So he's mostly going to be a 2,100, and the ability to flip things into defense position means that he can kind of, like, self-protect by attacking up into a bigger guy that he switched into uh, defense positions, which is obviously going to be weaker for almost every monster that's seen play in PvP. So I really like that. It's a good card. Uh, this is the one you were talking about, right, that you needed to get the tickets for? Yeah, so if you want to get three of these, you'll need 120 wins to get your third. Um, I might just start playing it. Uh, Dinosaurs want to get to 60, so I can have two of these at least. Uh, yeah. So that's like a decent number. Yeah, it seems seems good. Tyranno Infinity. This is just a rare... This is a card we've seen in the past. As as a mysterious attack in zero defense, 
The original attack of this card is the number of banished dinosaurs you have times a thousand. So, you know, dinosaurs don't really have good cards that banish. They do have, um, I don't know what the cards are called. Survival Instinct, I think. It's just one you keep banishing dinosaurs and you gain life points. Um, and there's like another continuous trap card. Fossil Excavation, I believe, is a banished card. So they do have some, but it's it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit into the, you know, aggro style, I guess. Right. Yeah, it's a little bit of a weird choice. Um, yep. But you only need... Sorry, how many stars does this guy? Four, so he's a free summon. Okay, yeah, so you only need two banished two. dinos. So I wonder if there's a way to sneak him into, you know, relevance. And it's just a rare, so... You're probably going to get this card because you probably have all the other rares, <laughs> most likely. So. Right, that's what I'm thinking. You might as well get him and then see if you can somehow figure out a way to make him relevant. Yeah. There's going to be some kind of YouTube deck where it, he has like 5,000 attack. <laughs> he just kills you. I'm thinking there's there's some potential there. I might be making yeah. the YouTube deck. <laughs> oh, nice. And Commander of Swords. This one's actually okay. Uh, it's an end ticket uh, trap card. When your opponent draws for their normal draw during the draw phase, they reveal the card. If it's a spell or trap, you can apply one of these effects. Discard all cards they drew, or destroy one spell or trap they control. That's pretty good for an end, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. It gives you um, insight into what they've drawn. Obviously, that's value right there, even if you miss. And then if you don't miss, then you get to get the benefit of of killing one of their cards so you know that's kind of cool yep and there's also the minor pvp event the stamps so you have to play seven duels i believe uh win or lose and you get extra rewards which is great yep so you and i since i haven't done it need to go out there you the listener because i know you uh green ranger have we need to go out there and play that was all What's very you, what, awkwardly what, said. Yeah, you guys go play. <laughs> <laughs> Once you finish the water tower, of course, you gotta finish that first, and you know, get all those rewards and listen to all the dialogue and play against all those fish guys, freaky fish guys. Freaky fish guy. The Amino Taurus is so funny. He's like, "I'll spare you because my heart is as big as the sea." <laughs> <laughs> He's a lover, not a fighter. Yep. Update to version 2.2 coming on December 6th, so that's soon. Um, it's going to add a button to change between worlds, which is, um, if you're stumped about that, that's good. Um, where to add the where to obtain to the deck editor. Okay, that's useful because it's in the view cards instead of deck editor, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, prep for new characters and events. Those are just like data mine guys, I guess, and upcoming events. And other small changes. I think the deck editor upgrade is probably the best. Um, change. Yeah, I remember when they added the where to obtain, I was like, this is awesome, and then I couldn't find it, because <laughs> I only looked at cards in the deck editor, and um, I think that this is, it was a little weird that it wasn't there to begin with, and it's a good change. Obviously, it's not going to like, you know, shape the world or anything, but it's a, it's a nice little change, and um, the main thing is just that people need to know that you, you're going to need to update to 2.2 on December 6th, and uh, usually that requires you to be on, like, Wi-Fi or whatever. Yeah. I would like the deck editor to have the names of the cards. 
instead of the picture because sometimes you don't know what a card is and so small you kind of have to make out like artwork to tell what a card is yeah the deck editor can generally use some work i'm curious to see and maybe you could tell me if it's any better on the uh, desktop version no no it's it's not no (laughs) that's disappointing then you get to use a mouse so that's there you go that sounds that sounds better already, actually. Yeah. Uh, reminder: the card traders removing cards on the same day, the six. So, um, you know, check out the cards so you make sure you get the ones you want. I guess. Yeah, we talked about them before. There's some that have seen some play in the past and which might be relevant, you know, at the future, like uh, Guardian Angel Joan or I don't know uh, the. Twin Barrel Dragon, or not Twin Barrel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Twin Barrel Dragon, so there's a couple of decent ones in there. Just take a quick look at the notification in the game, see if there's anything you want, because you've only got a few days left to make sure that you get them. Yep. Uh, quick note on some data mined GX characters. Uh, they might show up in a future event, they might be playable, who knows. Cyrus? <laughs> Cyrus is kind of like the Joey I mean, he's, he's like, really meek, but he kind of, like, is the duelist who gets better as the show goes on. So it doesn't make sense why he's not there, because he's Jaden's best friend. And it's not like Tristan, but he's, like, a more important character, I guess. Um, and he yeah, he plays the Via Croids. I don't know if you, you're familiar with those cards. They're, like, the machines with, like, the googly eyes. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know those ones. They, they kind of turned me off on, on Yu-Gi-Oh! It's like, oh, what, what are these cards? But I don't know if they're good or not. <laughs> Uh, Tyrannos, yeah, Tyranno Hasselberry, Dino Duelist, uh, Army guy. So he kind of uses like army phrases. That's kind of annoying sometimes, but I don't know. Uh, bringing dinosaurs to the game is pretty cool, of course. So, um, more dinosaurs. Yeah, I wonder, like, because obviously Rex would like more dinos, but if it's not in his world, does he even know about the more dinos? Or it's interesting. And a lot of the cards he plays are actually in the game already, so, like, I don't know how many dinosaurs we can get. Like, his signature cards are, like, in, we got them, we just got some of them, (laughs) Uh, for example. Yeah. 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 And, uh, Sartorius, I didn't know he had a last name, but apparently, like, it's not, in the wikia, he's just Sartorius, and then in the data mine, he becomes Sartorius Kumar, so I don't know what, I don't know what the deal is there, but, um, he becomes the, he's the main antagonist of season two. Um, don't Google search him, because he looks kind of scary. Um, <laughs> he, he does. He's like a psychic tarot card guy, and he plays Arcana Force cards, which I'm completely unfamiliar with. Okay. Now I'm Googling him, because you told just me not Sartor- to. Just write Sartorius, yeah. <laughs> so they're coming to the game. Um, yeah. And finally, the dual school. Do you have a comment about how he looks? Uh, yeah. I guess he looks kind of freaky. You know what's funny? It's like something with his eyes, yeah. It's funny because, um, my... <laughs> he is kind of freaky looking. He looks sick or something. But yeah. my uh, wife and I watched a corny Chinese uh, drama, like, okay. and he looks kind of like a character from it, so... Oh, that, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um... Finally, the dual score. We're going to talk about the pros and cons of rotating formats. 
So unlike other card games, Duel Links, and I guess it's like a Yu-Gi-Oh thing, doesn't have a rotating format where certain cards are phased out outside of ban lists. And um, this means we get to use all the cards released in the game instead of rotating the pool. So you, you, you know a lot about card games. What, what are the pros and cons of this? Right. So just to um, explain a little bit further in case it's unclear, in certain games like uh, Hearthstone, Magic the Gathering, of course, it's been around forever, um, Pokemon even, what it is is you get a set of, you get new cards every once in a while at a pretty set schedule, like three or four sets a year, as opposed to Duel Links where we're kind of just constantly getting new cards. But the, um, the main game format usually like the standard format it's called or something like that, uh, in which all the tournaments are, well, I guess most of the tournaments take place, is using this more limited card pool that's maybe like the four most recent sets or like last year's worth of cards or two years or something like that. And um, so what that means is that as new cards come out, the some old cards get phased out and you don't get to use them anymore. And the pros of, I had written it in the inverse, so let's say the pros of the Yu-Gi-Oh! system is that your cards have lasting value, of course. They never rotate out, so you get to play them for as long as you want to. Um, And you also, hypothetically, need to buy fewer cards because... The cards that you have, you can use them forever, and if they're still good or if you are good with them, then you can play them forever. And a lot of people don't like losing the value of their cards where the cards rotate. So even in the games where they have the rotating formats, they usually have at least one format in which you can just, like, free-for-all, you can use all the cards or whatever. But the problem is that when you have so many cards in the card pool, it's hard to balance it. Um, you need a lot of power creep to combat the staleness. So uh, we've seen this a lot in Duel Links already, where cards that were URs in the first set are now completely useless and, and have actually been useless for like a while, uh, where they were just vanilla 1700 attackers. And the reason for that is that every set needs to one-up the previous set to be relevant, or else nobody will buy the new set. And so, obviously, they're not, you know, doing this as a charity. They want to make sales. They want you to buy the new cards. And you want to buy new cards because otherwise you get bored. And so if the old cards are never leaving, then you need to constantly make better and better cards to have any desire to do that. And that's kind of caused an issue in uh, Duel Links, I think, where they made cards that were too good out of order, and as a result, these more recent sets are, I think, getting fewer sales. And, and personally, the reason why I bring why I brought it up as a topic to talk about this week is because I have, have been at the gem cap for a while now, and it's because the last two sets, there was pretty much no competitive reason for me to buy the cards. I got them because I was interested in memeing around, trying out some new stuff, just to uh, combat some staleness and, and um, to talk about it on the show. But like in terms of actually competing, I could just play Cyber Angels and Red Eyes still. 
and red eyes for a, has been a long time now and if you had rotation then you would have less need to make better and better cards every set and so there would be less of this risk where there's no reason to buy the newest set um and the last benefit is that it's easier for new players when there's a rotation schedule because there's fewer cards that they need to get. You know, if you ever look up a deck that you want to play and you're like, okay, uh, we were just talking about it with Cyber Angels a little bit, where you need to go back and you need to buy um, the these really old sets to get the the good version of it. And then the worst is when you, you look at this new deck that you want to try out and it has these really exciting cards from this new set but then you need three cards from this other set and you need two cards from yet another set and then uh, you know, another set of cards from a fourth set. And all of a sudden, in order to play this one deck, which is you know, 80% just new cards and this really cool new interaction, you need to have played for either the whole time, as we have, so it affects us less, right, yeah. or you need to go back and buy through these other sets a bunch of times. And... It's uh, especially exacerbating Duel Links where there's no like crafting or trading system. So you have to just buy through this whole set, 200 packs or whatever, um, to get these cards. So it makes it a little bit harder to make the new content good but not broken. And the balance is a little bit off because um, you need to balance so many new cards as the game goes on. We're, we keep releasing a million cards. This game's only been out for a year, and we've already gone through like a whole new world. And uh, um, basically, all of that amounts to, I think, an issue with sales. And I think it will end up affecting them at some point. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I think there's going to be some change made where I don't think I'm the only one who has less incentive to buy the more recent sets. Um, because they've made these really good cards um, in the Cyber Angels and Red Eyes for free, and also because people just don't feel like trying out new stuff if the new stuff requires the old stuff that they don't have because that's just too much of an investment. So uh, those are kind of just a little bit of a rant, I guess, but a, a pros and cons as to the system that we're currently using versus the system that almost every other card game has um all of the other ones that i've played i think have some sort of rotating pool um especially if they've been around for longer than like a year or two so i think that it's either that or they're going to have to more frequently make like bans and restrictions and stuff right. so we'll see what happens yeah w one thing i can think of that's different is Yu-Gi-Oh has a million network synergies. Um, like in Hearthstone, when GVG rotated out, no one played mechs anymore. Um, and this, and, and let's say in Yu-Gi-Oh, there's just some card from an old set, like Ice Barriers. Let's say, what set was it? Uh, Electric Overload. Let's say Electric Overload rotates out. You can't play Ice Barriers anymore. And I don't know if they want people to lose that feeling of they can't play an archetype anymore or something. Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the concern. That's why they don't do it. I think they prefer to add content to address problems as opposed to removing content. It just feels bad to lose stuff um, that you 
especially if you spent real money on it. It just feels really bad that you don't get to play that anymore. So they want to avoid that feeling, but I think it might be better for the game overall to do to you know suck that up and and let it happen. And another thing is, it might just be the Yu-Gi-Oh philosophy to not do it because that's how the TCG the TCG. I mean, it's been going on forever, and you know you never see cards from the past at at all. And they just there's a lot of power creep. Obviously, we see it in Duel Links, and that just might be their philosophy. And it, it and also the non-crafting uh, Duel Links is different. I don't think it calls itself a digital card game. It has a different name, but it's 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 more like simulating buying cards at the store, not being able to buy the one you want, and obviously not having that currency, you know, automatically does that and no trading it's kind of like you're doing your own thing and that just might be their philosophy yeah i mean that's a good point i don't think that they're going to implement a rotation uh method because that's not what Yu-Gi-Oh does like you said i think they're going to find some other way to make some solution or their solution is going to be just to double down on what they're doing now and just make more power creep and, and stronger cards every set um, but then they're going to get those cries about co-money and, and whatnot and yeah, power creep, yeah. of course. And so it's kind of a balancing act on their part of what they think is the better, um, or maybe the lesser of two evils or the better solution, either way you want to look at it. Um, the final thing though, is that I'm also not, I also don't think they're going to do rotation because they haven't designed the game with rotation in mind. So one of the things that always happens with the game when you switch over to a rotation schedule is that if you didn't build the game with the rotations initially in mind, you're going to lose some really important stuff. And so a lot of games will do like a, um, a core set or something where you can have the rotation, but you maintain these core cards that you think are kind of central to... Uh, maybe the game's identity or character identity or something like that. And so it'd be interesting if maybe like Ultimate Rising became a core set and then everything else rotated or something like that. Um, And that would mean that Ultimate Rising would always be available and and then the other stuff was the stuff that rotated. Um, So it'd be interesting to see if they did anything like that. But like you said, it's hard to switch over now because... If you want to, your core set would have to have like um, some ritual support, some polymerization support, all of these various things that have been spread out through all those various sets. Where if you rotate one set, you could be just cutting out the knees of a whole uh, bunch of archetypes and stuff, which may or may not be what they want to do. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see where the uh, game's going. Uh, It's definitely something to think about, even if you never thought about it. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're just waiting for the next box to be amazing, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> to pros and cons to that, too, because I like not having to spend gems, but I don't like that they're going to expire, so I want something to spend them on. Yeah. A little bit. So something to think about when you're not playing the game, or when, when you are. Yeah. All right, so that's going to be it for the show for today. Uh, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah, you have a shout-out. Yes, yeah, so uh, two things. One, 
last week we had issues with I think it was Skype was the issues um, yeah. and luckily this week we've not had those issues this episode's a little long so that'll make up for the last week's one being short and um, apologies for whatever issues um, but we're blaming Skype because it seems like it wasn't our fault and nope. uh, my shout out is to my friend Will who was that real life person who um, said that he plays as well and who I know is probably going to be catching this one. At the very least, he indicated he would. So welcome to him and to all of our other new listeners. All right. You can find this on the App Store, Google Play, Stitcher, and other podcasting searching things. Check out the podcast and more at our website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. We have a YouTube channel where this very podcast would be recorded and put up on YouTube. If you want to help support us, buy packs and other things like what we're doing, patreon.com slash dual underscore assessment. Send us an email at the dual assessment at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter, dual underscore assessment, me at Green Ranger HS and Deck Tech at HS Deck Tech. Yep, Twitter works if you don't feel like emailing because people don't really email anymore. You can also send us DMs and stuff. DMs. Slide into your DMs with some <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh. <Yeah. laughs> That's right. All right, um, so yeah, uh, play the game, buy the buy the packs if you want, and have fun. See you guys next week. <laughs>